And so the Lord spoke to me a few months ago and said, I want you to do a salvation series where we talk about salvation, declare the truth about it. And he told me this, this is what the Lord told me. He said, if you will stand on the doctrine of salvation, of the gospel, of heaven and hell, he said, I will fill up AFC with people in Austin, Texas. So I'm going to start this series and I have been reluctant to do it because of the depth of it, because of the difficulty and the challenge to take this topic on. This is a very controversial subject, but we're going to take it on in Jesus' name. You can stay seated, but I do want to go to Matthew 16, 24 today. If you're a guest, you've walked into a very lively church. You have walked into a place where we, we, are, we love each other so much that even during COVID outbreaks, we can't resist praying for each other. We try to be good, but we can't help it because, you know, if, if, you, if you died from COVID, at least get the Holy Ghost first. It's kind of dumb to come to church lost and be scared of getting the Holy Ghost and being saved. At least get that, and, and then that way you'll at least get to live forever. And so we try to be careful, but we've got to pray for people. We've got to do what we can. Matthew 16 and 24 is what the Lord gave me. Are you ready to go to the Word today? Some people believe that if you pray a whole lot, you don't want the Bible. I don't believe that. I believe the more you pray, the more you want to hear the Word of God. So if you've prayed good today, then you're ready. You're hungry for it. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Matthew 16 and 24 through 27. Sister Keller, I apologize. I don't have a lot. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Everybody say, take up your cross. Is this how you advertise your flyers in your neighborhood? No, exactly. You know how we advertised Christianity? Pizza party. Egg hunt. Free giveaway. Easy, 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 easy. And you know the kind of people that come in are very disappointed. Because they enjoy the first couple services until we pull out the cross. They're like, no, I'm good. I'm out. Because the world has been hurt so much by so many things that the last thing they want is a cross. But what they don't understand is the reason why they're hurt is because they've been living for themselves. And the only way to truly get free is to die to your flesh and the old life. And that's why I thank God for the cross. Because the cross destroys flesh, destroys this world mentality so that I can live free. So Jesus was doing us a favor when he said, take up your cross. Die to selfishness and follow me. Verse 25, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What, what good is it to all of you that are looking at the stock market and gas prices and you're looking at investments? What good is it for you to have all of that and lose your eternal investment? Well, we're not very smart, are we? When we spend all of our time worried about the economy, but not our eternity. I think it's ridiculous that people are so scared about their income and their money, but they don't care a thing about their salvation. It's guaranteed we're going to die. There's going to be a crash for you one day. Not stock market, not economy, but you're going to crash one day. In fact, you're crashing right now. Every day your cells are dying. Every day you're getting a little closer to dying. You're dying right now. Every young person, every child, this is the reality. You better tell your kids they're dying. They're dying. We will die. 
We will die. It will happen sooner for some of you. But this is a fact. And we go to funerals and we get all emotional and we forget about it. It's going to happen to us. Where will we go when we die? Austin, Texas, where will you go when you die? Because you're going to die. If we gain the world, it's easy to do that and to lose our soul. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Because we do trade our salvation every day for things we don't need. We give every day to things that are not going to help us be saved. And that's why Jesus in the red letter is warning them, telling them, you've got to be careful to not get trapped in the everyday necessities of life and lose your salvation. Help me, Holy Ghost. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. We will receive a reward for our investments. Mark it down, brothers and sisters, you are not wasting your time this morning. You may be going, what did I get out of that service? You may just get eternity out of it. You may not feel a thing. You may not have goosebumps. You may not get your miracle. You may not leave this place with more money than you came. I hope you didn't. I hope that you left something here. I hope you gained something here. I hope you invested today because you will be rewarded and paid back for everything that you gave up. It's called faith, ladies and gentlemen. You won't get paid back until later. I don't know what I got out of church. You will one day. I feel like I'm just wasting my time going to church. That's because you're not dead yet. Oh, but you're going to be real glad when you die and you realize you get the reward of all your hard works, of all the things that you chose to do. You're going to be glad one day whenever you invested in the kingdom and you gave your heart to Jesus. You're going to be thankful one day because you're going to get paid. If you, if you worked for a minute and got paid a billion dollars, it is almost the equivalent of living for 80 years and getting eternity. Tell me that's not a good deal. Tell me we're not going to be all right with our 80 years of pain. Tell me we're not going to be all right with our little suffering we got down here. It's going to be worth it all one day when the Son of Man comes back. So the Lord told me, let's get into this. For the next several weeks, we're going to go forward making sure that we're saved right with God right with the word of God and I need to challenge you all right now just because you got long hair and a skirt just because you shave your face doesn't mean you're not lost right now I don't care what you don't do I'm worried about I'm worried about the things that you're not doing right maybe not just the things you're not doing wrong there are sins of commission and omission there's things you don't do that you're called to do that's also sin and we, we think that you do something wrong and then you're going to go to hell. But no, it's the way you are. It's your ways about you. You can be a secret sinner. What that means is you can have it in your heart all day. You just don't want to get caught. Some of y'all would have done killed somebody by now if it was legal. Go ahead and just smile at me. Go ahead. Try not to get caught. It's never been more confusing in our day on how to be saved. Never had more preachers on YouTube telling us if they even talk about it anymore. Now they don't talk about it. Now they just say, everyone's saved. So let's just skip that. And that's why you never hear anybody talking about salvation anymore. 
There used to be a day when the Baptists used to say, at least accept the Lord as your personal Savior. When was the last time I heard a video on YouTube with a Baptist pastor saying that? I rarely hear any denominational pastors talk about salvation because the new doctrine is, just come to church, you're already saved. He paid the price. It's a lie. It's deception. It's not biblical. I would talk to any of them any day about it, and I would show them in the Scripture that there is a way to be saved. Or else, why is it in the Bible? So you're confused. Many are out there confused, and they don't know how to be saved. And I think it's an important topic, being that we'll go to hell forever if we're wrong. Y'all still believe in hell? I know we don't talk about it a whole lot, but there's people that believe in it. There's people right now that believe in it. Trust me, they believe in it. It's a real place. It's for real. And if you're a Christian today, you believe in heaven and hell. You believe in lost and saved. You believe that there's going to be a place of bliss or a place of great pain. You believe in this. With God or without God, you believe in this. We've got to make sure we're saved. There is only one way to be saved. That's Jesus Christ. Let me go even further. There is only one Jesus Christ. He said he's the only way. He said he took the only way. And he said that I take is the way you have to take. So if you don't take the way he took, then you might believe in him, but you're not saved. You have to believe in him enough to follow his footsteps. Or you're lost. And it's a real thing. He said go the way that he went so we can be saved. So today, before we go any further, it's got to be your number one goal, your number one priority to be saved. If it's not, then you're wasting your time. If it's not your number one goal to make sure I am walking with the Lord and I am saved, then you're wasting your time. You'll be continually offended by me if you're not wanting to be saved as much as I want you to be saved. You know why we offend people in church? Because we want them to be saved more than they do. Hey, brother, I'm sorry, um, you can't slap babies at church. Um, you're going to go to hell if you do that, okay? Um, oh, oh, you don't want to come back to church anymore? Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you wanted to be saved. My bad, I'll call the other members of the church you see, when you join the church, you, you, I'm assuming you want to go to heaven. <laughs> and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're not really a part of the church. But whenever you join our church, like, Pastor, you're my pastor, I assume you want my help making sure you're not wrong. And you find out real quick who does not really want to go to heaven when you try to help them go to heaven, and they get mad at you. Wow, we're already preaching the choir. I hadn't even got started in my series. That was probably number four in my series lesson right there. Just ruined it. We want to make sure we're right with God. We're pleasing to God. Because it's the, it's the absolute reason why he came and died. What a waste. He came and died for us so that we could access him. And yet people just go, oh, no, I'm good. He came and gave his life for us so that we could be saved. It's the gospel. It's the good news. So watch this. There's two lives we're going to live. The life right here on the earth and then eternity. It's really all one life, but it began at our physical birth. We have a spirit, we're eternal beings, and we will live forever. We will live forever. When this body dies, we will live forever in heaven or hell. And as a pastor who's been called to preach the gospel, it is my number one mission given to me by Jesus Christ, commanded to me to preach this gospel to you. 
so that you could be eternally saved. My number one goal and mission is your salvation. At the expense of your offense, at the expense of you getting mad and changing churches, that's fine. I've got to preach the gospel. I've got to make sure you know I can't change you. I can't make you, but I can make you listen. As long as you're in this church, you may not like everything I say or I do, but I will preach the gospel. I will preach the truth. And you might get mad, but one day you will not blame me in hell for not trying to save you. You won't do it. I will wash my hands of it. You won't do it. Because you know what? You're going to be real mad at me one day in hell if I don't preach this. Sometimes when I see how much trouble you're in, I get tempted to teach and preach and counsel you about the challenges of life. Sometimes when I see the situation you're in, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes I want to help you with life stuff, like earthly stuff. Sometimes as a pastor, you care for people so much, you get so sad when you hear them having issues and their tire broke and all these things happen and their teeth are falling out and all this stuff's happening and you're like, oh God, I wish I could help them. I wish I could help them have a better earthly life. I wish I could, I could help them. Because you know what? Here's the truth. I hate watching you suffer because I have suffered. I understand suffering in the, in the body. I understand not having a lot of money. I've been there before. I get these things, and I hate to see you suffer, especially in America where we have access to so much. It's maybe a little worse in America because we, we can get a better job in America. We can access healthy foods in America. We can hang out and have friends in America. We can find someone and get married here in America. We've got the liberty to do it. It's almost a little worse in America because the things we're facing, there's a lot of solutions that are earthly to fix them. But yet you still see people in the church hurting, broken, busted. And as a pastor, it hurts my heart. And I wish I could fix every one of you. I wish I could just snap my fingers and life could be better for you. I wish that your marriage problems could go away. I wish you could be pain-free. I wish you could just get healthy all of a sudden. I wish the kids would just be quiet when mom said be quiet. But it doesn't work that way, does it, sister? We get it. We have kids. No, don't leave. We have kids. This is what I'm talking about. Life is hectic and crazy, but it's okay, y'all. It's just life, and I wish I could just snap my fingers and all the pain would go away. My daughter right now is sick throwing up as I preach. I wish I could make it go all the way. I wish I could make your marriage happy again. I wish I could. I wish I could help you get the most fulfilling, best job that where you could just work from home like all these blessed folks and just put your feet up on the couch and sip coffee all day and just make a ton of money. I wish I could do that for you. I hope it lasts. It may not. I'm not prophesying it. I wish I could help you have no worries. I wish I could help you have no family drama. I wish I could help you have no haunting memories of your past abuse, emotional suffering. I wish I could. I wish I could help you have good kids. I wish I could help you do that. But the reality is that the world today, especially our Western godless civilization, is hurting and the odds are stacked against all of us that we will ever have a good life on the earth. As our nation crumbles before our eyes, it is very rare anymore to have a good life. Even the rich commit suicide. There is no peace in this world except the peace of Jesus Christ. 
There is no safe place in this world except the kingdom of God. I rise today to tell you, while it might seem sad a little bit, that we will deal with these things in this life. And as much as I want to make them all vanish for you, I realize how difficult it is. You know, your life seems to be a snowball from one bad event to another. Until you're in so deep, it seems impossible to change your circumstances. You know, when pastors get a hold of people, the ditch is 40 foot deep. Because most people don't talk to you when they're starting their problem. They talk to you after it's too late. This is why I keep begging people, why don't you talk to me? Talk to me. Talk to me. Before you marry them. Talk to me before you buy it, maybe. I'm not talking about your toothbrush. Well, maybe I should talk to you all about that. But I'm, I'm talking about like a big purchase, a big move. Maybe before you move, maybe before you change churches, change jobs. Why? Because you make the decisions and then you come to me to rescue you. And it hurts me that I can't help you. You have no idea how frustrating it is to have a burden for people that only want you involved to bail them out, not to keep them from it. But pride stops you from asking until your pride has been broken by life. And they finally come for a rescue. Bills are stacked up, aren't they? Your health seems to be shot and you can't get out of it. Friends seem to be very few now. Family isn't really that supportive. You're lonely. You're stuck in a dead-end job. You're single and you wonder why you can't get married and be happy like everybody else. They're not happy, number one. Listen to me today when I tell you. The Lord told me, if you'll listen to me today, some of you will be married in one year. Let's stop laughing for a second. This is serious. The Lord told me that if you will listen to me today, some of you will be married in one year. I'm prophesying to you. I'm telling you. Some of you are not getting married because you're not right with God. You're not right with God. And there are people in this church, some of you, not all of you, some of you are not, probably not called to get married, but... Probably most of you are and want to, but some single people in this place right now, you're not right, and that's why God won't let you get married, because he's not going to let you ruin somebody else's life. Yeah. But if you'll listen to me today and get your priorities right and make sure that you're right with God, God will give you the spouse that he has for you. I'm prophesying to someone right now. He sent me here today to help you get your focus back on the real difference maker, and that's Jesus. Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. As Christians, we celebrate the removal of our sin. We dance and we shout, but we weep over the remainder of our shape. For David said, I was born in sin, but I was, I was shaped by iniquity a lot of times in church we get here and we get free of our sin that's what made us have the shape but the problem is is whenever you get born again of the water and the spirit whenever you get free of the sin you still have the effects of the sin to deal with ladies and gentlemen and that's why a lot of you struggle a lot of you are not struggling because you're not free from sin you're struggling because of what you did in your sin that you're now having to pay the price for in the earth listen you can be saved in jail that don't mean you're getting out. <laughs> Some of y'all are going to have a prison ministry soon if y'all don't watch it. <laughs> I'm going to go to church because I got problems. 
No, whoa, 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 hold on. Your problem is not your problem. Your problem is you're lost. I'm going to go to church because I ain't got no money. Money? You're going to go to hell. Forget about your money for the next 50 years. You're lost, friend. God had to take your money away so you can realize you were lost. I got a drinking problem. No, you got a Holy Ghost lack problem. Oh, I got an addiction. No, you don't. You have a lack of Jesus problem. You're lost. Don't come to church because you're lonely. Come because you're lost. You know why everybody's coming to church because they got problems? It's because we haven't told them they're lost. Well, I just don't know how to get people to church. Tell them they're going to hell. Oh, that's right. Someone taught us not to do that about, what, 30 years ago? We got real friendly at church. Look, I'm called to love people and be honest with them. Can we do both now in the church? We've had a long time of being mean and now being super nice. Can we just be biblical and love people? Can we love people and be truthful? Can we speak the truth in love? Tell your family and your friends, this is what the Bible says, I believe it, and this is the truth, and if you don't obey it, you're going to go to hell. But don't do it unless you love them. Oh, that's the problem. It's kind of like spanking your kids when you're mad. You don't spank your kids when you're mad. You know why you don't spank your kids when you're mad? Because you don't want them to connect the discipline with anger. You want them to connect the correction with love. It's okay to tell the world the truth, but not until we love them. And if we will get love first, it will make you want to be honest. I just felt something in the Holy Ghost. You're not, you don't love someone if you're not honest. All this thing about lying to everybody all the time and telling them stuff that ain't true, you don't love your friends. If you're lying to them, if you're faking and cover up all the time, thank God for somebody in my life that tells me the truth. Thank God for the AFC members that will call you up and say, let me tell you the truth, brother. Let me tell you the truth, sister. You need to hear the truth. Well, brother, I don't want to offend anybody. You won't, you won't offend them. It won't be your fault if you love them. You can't help some people getting offended, but you can help how you do it. You can make sure that you love them. We've got to tell the truth. And this is why God's going to fill up the church in the last days. We've got to stop preaching about sickness all the time. Well, are you sick? Come to church. What if they don't get healed? Well, that was a waste. Oh, you're single? Come to church. What if they don't get married? Are you poor? Come to church. That's the worst thing you can say. Because they will ask for money. You know what I tell them when they ask me for money? I say, Talk to half the church right now that's broke and poor and needs gas money and then holler at me, okay? We got people to take care of right now. Besides adding you in. Some of us can live without sin. We just can't live without the consequence of sin. Yep. You can be born again in prison and still die there. Never sing the light of day. Because God is not an abortionist. Shout out to Roe v. Wade getting overturned. But pastor, there are people that are going to attack us now because we're Christian and we're for it. That's going to get worse, y'all. Get used to that. Once again, are you saved? Doesn't matter. But what if they attack us because we're pro, we're pro uh, uh, people living and we want people to have life and we want people to babies to be born. What if they attack us? They're going to attack us. They're going to attack us. So are you saved? You better hurry. Better hurry. Do y'all not see the writing on the wall? Let's get right with God. 
Forget about everything else. God will add the rest that we need. But we've got to be right with God. Seek first the kingdom. Forget the consequences of living for God. We stand for what's right. You're forgiven, but you can still fall out of a plane at the same time. And the whole way down, you can be repenting and be forgiven and loved by God and hit the ground and splat, you die. Here's why. Because the laws of God still work when you're forgiven. And here's another law you got to get your mind wrapped around. The law of reaping and sowing. Sowing and reaping. I'm going to get in church because I don't want to have to pay the price for the bad things I've done. The bad things you've done are sin. And you don't have to pay the price for it. Jesus paid it all. But if you slapped your neighbor the week before you got converted, he's probably still going to poison your dog. <laughs> but I have the Holy Ghost. He doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, go tell your neighbor, it's okay, I'm different. <laughs> sure, you're different, Rick. Whatever. Rick just sounds like a good neighbor name, I don't know. When your life of sin calls you to waste your money, relationships, you didn't get all that back when you were baptized. It's not like you come out of the water like, like a, someone hands you a briefcase and like a, a supermodel wife. It's like, hey, I, I love talking to dogs. Oh, here's some money. Like you, you don't get all this great stuff when you, you get saved, y'all. What do you want today? I've got something much better than a husband or a wife or a friend. I've got a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I've got somebody that will make sure you go to heaven one day. Why are you trying to go to church? You know why we can't keep people in church? Because they came not to be saved. We're out there knocking doors being like, you got any you know, marriage issues? Come to church. We got marriage issues now. Don't let them come to church and find out that y'all have them too. They'll quit. People, people come to church and they meet some of y'all broke and poor. They're like, well, great. I got the Holy Ghost like they do. I guess I'll be poor. You might be. Might be the best thing for you. Some of you can't handle money. That's why God never gave it to you. But are you saved? Then it's going to be over soon. Who cares? Who cares if you can't go to Hawaii? Anybody doing that next week? Who cares if you can't do that? Hey, at least you can go to heaven. Forget about Hawaii. The creator that made the volcanoes and the beaches and the sands and the mountains is the one that made heaven. Anybody feel the Holy Ghost right now trying to break into the spirit of the day? Jesus, help us. Yeah, so maybe you didn't get all that, but you did get the blood of Jesus covering you, the name of Jesus attached to you, and the spirit of Jesus in you. You got much more than earthly possessions when you were saved. Jesus gave me water for my sin and spirit for my shape. You don't have to keep your shape physically and spiritually. Jesus makes all things new. So I say to you today, I challenge you today, start again. Start eating healthy today. I don't care what you've been doing. The body is the temple of the... The body is the temple of the... The body is the temple of the holy... The, the flesh, the skin, the body, the body, the body, the body, the body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. In the Old Testament, there were lots of laws on what they could eat or not eat. Why? Because the body is attached to the soul, and the soul is attached to the spirit, and it's one... 
That's why sometimes you eat bad, you don't feel like praying. Okay, yeah, none, I'm there. I'm there in life, y'all. I can have a piece of pizza and want to quit church all of a sudden, okay? I'm there. I can have a piece of pizza at 11 o'clock at night and be like, that's it, the Lord's not with me. <laughs> He's not for me. So you know what? Start now. Because the Holy Ghost can help you eat right. If it can help you fast, it can help you stop eating sugar. You choose what you want to do. I'd rather, I'd rather get off sugar and still have my food. At least I get something. Some of y'all have a hard time with your diet. Go on a fast. You'll be thankful for the health food. Go ahead and try it. Go ahead, fast for seven days and holler at me afterwards and be like, you know what, I'll take some lettuce now. <laughs> I got any spinach. Hey, hey, where's those beets at? Hey, I love beets. I hate beets. I'll tell you what I hate is V8. I almost threw up this first time somebody gave that stuff to me. Do they even make that junk anymore? Probably not. Man, I tried that one time. I was gagging for five minutes. It was horrible. Start today. Start saving money right now. I don't care for 65 and I'll have retirement. Start today. It gets worse. Start right now. Stop buying junk. The Holy Ghost will help you stop buying junk. Pastor, you can't talk about that. Yes, I can. And yes, I will. Because it's part of the reasons why you're so miserable. Hey, if you're going to ask me for money, I'm going to preach about it. It's fair game. You want me to pray about your health? I'm going to talk about it. Take my hands over to your forehead, and I'm going to take time, and I'm going to time and pray for you because I love you, and you're going to get me involved in your life. I'm involved in your life. Don't tell me you need all my rescue and help, but you won't let me talk to you. I'm going to talk to you. I'm not going to shame any of you, but I'm going to tell you the truth in this place. All right? Start loving people again today. I don't have any friends. Somebody loves me. Start today. The Holy Ghost will give you the power to love people. So start right now. Get a better life. Okay? Uh, maybe learn to serve other people. Maybe learn to make friends. Maybe God will let you get married. If you can serve people. If you can't serve people, you don't need to get married. If you're getting married so that you can be served, don't get married. If you're spoiled, don't get married. You know why? Hey, listen to me. You know why? This is what the Lord gave me for today. You know why the Lord... Has some of y'all getting older and not getting married? Because you get more set in your ways. You become more independent. You become more, I'm in charge. God will never let you get married if you become in charge of your life. Because especially if you're a woman, how are you going to submit? Yeah. So you want to make sure you keep a spirit about you that's humble and serving so that God can bring a man or a woman to your life. I'm talking about that on purpose today. I'm not joking. The Lord gave that for this service. For some of y'all that are single, God wants you to get married. It's time. It's your season. But you've got to listen to what I'm saying. All right? Let me hurry. If you don't want to love someone and serve them, you'll never get married. And some of you, some of you don't want marriage. You want a status. You don't want to marry to give. You want to marry to take. And that's not enough reason to get married. You get married to give to somebody. You don't get married to take from somebody. You will ruin your marriage, your life, and the other person. Let me get to the, the, the crux of it all right here, and then we're going we're gonna to be done. I've counseled and begged people for years to make lifestyle changes. I've prayed, and I've prayed, and I've prayed, and I've begged, and I've begged, and I've begged for people to just let it go and start over, and I've gotten blue in the face, and I've told them, and I've told them, and I've preached it, and I've preached it. 
By the way, if I preach it on Sunday or Wednesday, I don't have to counsel to you in private. It is totally pointless for me to get here and have you all looking at me like this and me preach on a topic that you don't do and I end up in the office with you saying the same thing I just said Sunday. This is our counseling session. Right now. I'm giving a word to you for your family. The problem is most saints end up in the office or on the phone because they didn't hear me preach on Sunday. I already dealt with that spirit. Okay? All right. I've begged and I've come to this conclusion. No matter what I say, listen to me. No matter what I do, no matter how much advice I give, no matter how much I pray for you, people will sometimes, always, even still, after all of that, never change their diet, never save their money, never stop their spending. They'll never get a good life. And you know what the Lord told me? They can still be saved. They may not be a millionaire, they may not be a track star. They may not have a ton of friends over all the time, life of the party, but listen, you can have a horrible, crummy life on the earth, and you can still be saved. You can be poor living in a box and still be saved. You can be a nomad and travel like the ministers in the Bible did, and you can still be saved. You may never have earthly things. You may never have the body of your dreams. You may never have all of those things, but guess what you can have? The king of kings. I didn't mean to rap, but I want to be a rapper one day, but the king of kings. Is what you can have. Told y'all if I ever backslide. Watch out. I should probably say, I told y'all if I whenever retire, that's what I should say, because I'm not gonna backslide. <laughs> but I am gonna retire, bless the Lord. My point is there's gonna be a many people that will have to be content, saved and sick. Some of y'all are saved and sick right now, and you're praying for God to make everything go away in your body. I've come to tell you, talk to the elders. It doesn't ever go away. You trade one pain for another. You train one sickness for another. You get this surgery done just so you can go to that surgery. This life is full of pain, but the good news is you can still be saved and sick. That's good news, y'all. That's the best news. That's the gospel. Hey, look, some of y'all never going to have money. Just go ahead and make your mind up right now. If you're 70 and you've got no retirement, I'll pray for you. Checks can show up in the mail, all that good stuff. But the chances are you're probably going to die poor. But the good news is you can be saved. What are you worried about? What are you scared of? Why are you so down and oppressed? If you're saved, i got good news for you. Some of you may die single, unmarried. But I got good news for you. You can be single and saved. What are you so frustrated about? Is Jesus not enough? I'll get married and things better. And then your spouse dies one day and you're alone for 20 years and the end of your life like Sister Branham. But she's single and saved. The Lord is with her. She has strength every day. Aren't you glad you can be single and saved? Or you can be married to a Grinch and saved. <laughs> married to a loser and saved. Saved and stuck. <laughs> it's almost inevitable. The ones you convince to save money will still live a sick life. It's almost inevitable. The ones you get to be healthy stay single. It's almost impossible to get everybody to just have a perfect life on the earth. 
But guess what I can promise you all today and guarantee you all today? You can be saved for eternity. No matter what is going on in your world, do not trade your salvation for anything in the earth. You can be saved. What else do you want from God? If you have salvation, then that's all that matters. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. No matter, people get it right. It's like there's always something else that they want in the world that trips them up. It's like nothing's ever good for people. It's hard to help the poor get rich. It's hard, hard to help the rich give it away. It's hard to make the single people fall in love. It's hard to get the lonely people to laugh a little. It's just hard to get people to change their circumstance of this life. Because you make your bed, you lay in it, but you can lay in that bed saved. Right with God. On a new path. Even if you can't go back and change things, you can start today. A Christian life. Start over. And go to heaven one day. Life's just plain tough. We live in a sinful, fallen, painful world. There's never enough pleasure to satisfy us. And here you are looking at me like, Pastor, I got big issues. What are you going to do about it? And here I am looking at him. They got big issues, God. What are you going to do about it? It's, it's tough watching your lives and the pain that you go through. I've got my own. And I want you to know, as much as I want to help you with this life, there is one priority I cannot get hung up on. I cannot get hung up on the things of the world. I've got to make sure I get past all of the money and all of the relationship issues and all of the drama and all of that, and I've got to make sure that you're saved. As much as I want to talk about your finances, I've got to make sure you're saved. You know what I found? I found if you get people saved and get right with God, it starts to work in their finances. It starts to work on their relationships. It starts to help them find someone to get married to. Everything begins to get better on the add-on when you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. It's amazing how God will add things to you in your future. Somebody say, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And if you will seek being righteous, God will add things to you that you never dreamed that you could have. But stop it with all the financial and worries of this and sickness and seek first the kingdom. And God can provide all the earthly necessities that you need. The average lifespan is around 78. Most people will die in their 60s and their 70s. How far away are you from death right now? I'm halfway dead. I know you don't want to talk about it, but it's the truth. Some of you are almost there. This is a real thing. Are we right with God? Is it your number one priority? It needs to be. It's my number one priority. It's my number one priority that you are going to go in the rapture, because that too could happen any second. And you all know it's true. This world has never been more primed for a rapture. Are you ready? Are you saved? Because that's all that matters right now in this service today. I got to close. Okay, I need help. Uh, where's my helpers at? Diego, you can help me. I've got an extension cord right here. This is my closing. We're going to stop. Try your best to just unravel it. Let me get another helper. Andrew, would you come help me? And we're going to stretch it out across the stage as much as possible. It's right there on the steps. 
I know this has been done probably before by a lot of people, but this is an example of your life and your life in comparison to eternity. Somebody can come to music. That's fine. I'm almost done. Yeah, I've got one end. I think his end has the... Yeah, just stretch it out. It's going to be hard. The point is to show... Let me see it, Andrew. The point is to show the difference in the length. You can just grab pieces of it like you're holding uh, like a big snake or something. Just kind of grab sides of it. Andrew, pick it up in the middle. I want to show the length. And there's no way to do it justice. But I tried my best on this orange extension cord, which... Usually they use a rope, but it is kind of symbolic of life because of power that, that flows through it. But I put a mark right here. And the example is this. This is your life right here. If this is your life, this, this is your life. This is your everyday, get up, do this. Y'all hold it up so they can see the length of it. This is your life. This would be eternity. This is nothing, y'all. It's nothing. It's nothing. You get mad about the dumbest stuff, I do too. It's nothing. We get offended over nothing. We get mad about nothing. Look at what we're giving up. Look at what we're giving up, y'all. Look what we're giving up when we get angry and we get mad. Look at what we're trading over stupid things, over my husband's not right, and my wife's not right, and my kids aren't right, and I don't have the money. Look what you're trading. How foolish is it, Austin, Texas? How foolish is it? There are a lot of people, a lot of money in Austin. In fact, I don't know how they afford the houses on the west side of town. Because those houses are millions of dollars for just a little old jankety house. But people pay for it. You know why they pay for it? Because there are people in our world that they are really, they're really pretty smart. You see, they, they grew up in a good home and, and they make good decisions. They make good grades and they're smart. And they got married to the right person and they're smart. And they raise their kids good, and they're smart. And they went to college, and they got a good career because they're smart. And they invest in the stock market, and they invest in the banks, and they invest in here, and they buy land, and they have everything in the earth. And they run, and they're on a diet program, and they exercise, and they're fit, and they can't get sick if they tried because they did everything so smart. They invest in everything earthly. But I got news for all the smart people in Austin. You're not that smart if you don't it. You're not that smart if you've invested everything in the earth and you're going to die one day and you know you're going to die one day and you've done nothing to prepare for this. I find it completely hypocritical that there are so many people that say, I might need this one day. But they never go to church. I find it completely hypocritical that the smartest people in our world say, I'm going to set money aside because I might need it, but they set no faith aside. Hey, hey, smart Austin man, woman, have you planned for your death? Have you talked to your family and their friends about this part of their life? Because forget about hunting and fishing topics and all the things we talk about with our family. What about this? Is this worth it to be uncomfortable with your family? Is this worth it? Take an extension cord to the next Christmas party and do this. And just tell them, I am not going to waste everything on that. I'm going to make sure that I've invested in heavenly things. 
I'm going to make sure that when the doors of the church are open, I'm there. I'm going to make sure that my family time is bringing my kids to work days. Pastor, I can't make it. I have to have family time. Family time doing carnal things? What about family time doing spiritual things? You know, tonight we're going to have family time. I'm going to call it family time. At 5 o'clock, it's called family time. We're going to have family prayer at 5 o'clock. Bring your kids and let's have family time. Well, it's all about our family. He's first. Your wife is second. Your husband is second. Your kids are second. He's first. You do what he says. And he's right. He's the one you love the most. And if he says go to church, you get your family and you go to church. Have y'all met Brother Ray? He wouldn't be considered a very smart man by most standards. And I'm not making fun of him. But our Brother Ray, who came to the Lord many years ago, grew up in a horrible situation. He never had an opportunity to save money to go to college. He never had an opportunity to probably have a great spouse because the things that happened to Brother Ray are unimaginable. He sits right over here. He's a black male, upper to mid-age of life. And he's been going to church for many years. And we love him very much. And he's not here right now because of his health conditions. He's got mental conditions. He's got social conditions. He's got financial conditions. But he's got faith. And I am so convicted because he plays Christian music at his little apartment that the government supplies for him. And while he might have everything stacked against him, listen, Austin, this is one of your people. He embodies the spirit of Austin because he's been totally destroyed by it. He has faith still. And while his body may be decrepit and his soul may be damaged, he has been filled with the Holy Ghost. He has been baptized in Jesus' name and he lives with faith even though you can't see the manifestation because the soul and the body are so destroyed. He still believes. And while he may never have this, I promise you he's working on this. After all the meds they put him on, no telling what it does to him. He still believes. And I say, Brother Ray, you're the smartest man in Austin. I say publicly that the CEOs of the world will stand beside him in judgment and our God will look at Brother Ray and say, well done. You trusted not in riches. You trusted not in health. You trusted not in the things of the world, but you trusted in me. And I've come to tell you, I've got good news for you. If you lost everything, do not lose your eternity. Do not be lost for anybody. 
Do not let anybody pull you away from God. If you've got to leave them, then leave them. But you've got to make sure you're saved. There's no bad spirit. There's no attitude. There's no issue. There's nothing that could come between us, between me and God. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Neither height nor depth. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Make your mind up. I'm going to be right with God. I'm going to be right with God. When I'm sick, I'm right with God. When I'm poor, I'm right with God. When I don't have an education, I'm right with God. When nobody thinks that I lo I, they love me, I'm right with God. I'm alone by myself. I've got nobody there. I'm right with God. I love getting around Mother Ray because he's so inspiring. Because when I'm in the hospital and I'm seeing him or I'm talking to him on the phone, he says, hey, pastor. I said, God's good. And he raised. He says, yeah, God's good. You know what's talking? It's not his body talking. It's not his soul talking. It's his spirit talking. I have resolved that I cannot communicate with his body or his soul, but I can talk to his spirit. And a few months ago, God spoke to me and said, Brother Ray, he's one of the smartest people in Austin, Texas. And I said, what do you mean, God? He said, he's doing what the CEOs won't do. He's made the best investment you can ever make. He's investing in his eternity because one of these days he's going to get a new body. He's going to walk without a balance problem. He's going to have all the education you could ever dream of. One day he'll dance on streets of gold. Yet I know so many people even here today that you have spent all your time on this. I can't go on lift your hands. Oh, God, help us. I know it's late, but honestly, we don't have a choice today. We've got to pray and make sure if there's somebody beside you that you love, you've got to pray for them today. I'm sorry if you're a guest today and maybe you just wanted to slip into our church and slip out. You've still got time to do that, but that's not how we roll here. We care. We would rather take a chance on offending you with our love than sitting here letting you go to hell without somebody trying to love you. Everybody's worried about the world, but I just want to make sure I'm right with God. Do you really want to be smart, ladies and gentlemen? The smartest man will come to this altar. You really want to be smart, young person? You want to be the smartest person in your school? Come to the altar. Business owners, money makers, investors, I call you now to make sure you're right with God. People online that are watching, I call you now to make sure you're right with him, that you've forgiven all, that you've been forgiven of all, that you fixed every attitude or problem, that you're right with God, and you're ready, that you're baptized, that you're repented, that you're faithful. Forget everything else and make sure you've invested in the number one greatest investment of all time, and that is our eternity. Seek, thirst, the kingdom and seek his righteousness.
I want to be right. I want to be right. I want to be right. If it kills me, I want to be right. Take anything away you want to take from us, God. But don't take your spirit. That's the prayer David prayed when he was in great sin. He said, take away my crown. Take away my power. But don't take your spirit. Because if I can keep your spirit, I might can get me another crown one day. This is just the beginning, men and women, young men, young women, children. This is the beginning of a salvation series, and we're going to make sure the world knows that there's a God that wants to save us, that if we go to hell, it's our fault, that the way is open. <laughs> I'm preaching to smart men right now that you're not smart enough. I'm preaching to men right now that you've thought of everything except your salvation. We can talk to you about making money all day long, but we can't talk about salvation. Help us, God, and forgive us. Pastor, you can talk about my body and get me healed. Pastor, talk about getting me a raise. But pastor, don't talk about my salvation. How dare us. I know that I'm not enough to convince you, but I poured my heart out today. I've given my heart, my mind, my body, and my soul to you right now. And I pray God will anoint us to be able to first say, it's our priority. It's our priority. I must be saved. My wife, my husband must be saved. Oh, my kids must be saved. Take away everything I own if you have to, God. It's all yours. Take my health. Take my money, take my wealth. Anything you got to take, I will be saved. I will not be a fool. Some of you have no monetary gain, but you have a spiritual one. And I honor you today. Some of you are single, but you're saved. And I honor you today. Some of your spouses aren't in church, but you're saved. And God can add everything to you if you'll just stay right with him. You get nothing if you lose with him. You get nothing if you lose covenant with God. There is no adding to if you break from God's commitment. To, there's no adding to if you break from a devotion to God. Compromise holiness. Live ungodly lifestyles. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm going to be saved. Come on. Time's up in the earth. I said time's up in the earth. Tell your family and your friends, time's up. Be willing to take the consequences of loving people to tell them the truth. It's time we tell the world the good news is about salvation and not money.
The good news is about salvation, not sickness. All of those things simply point to salvation. Woo! Hey! Come on, let's worship Him. Oh! Yes! Yes, God! Oh, fill this house, God! <laughs> 